Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Colony Drop, your favorite Gundam podcast. My name is Isaac. And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise, from the anime to the music to the movies to the models to the clothes to the fashion to the desserts to the... The tech. (laughs) (laughs) To the lore, to the side stories, the manga. We do it all, Isaac. Indeed. Indeed we do. And here we are, Brian. We're talking about something special today, aren't we? Yeah, there's uh, this thing that just keeps cropping up, you know, and uh, we decided to think about how does it impact Gundam. And that boogeyman, Isaac, is ChatGPT. This program has been all the rage for the last, like, two months, roughly, three months. I don't know when this is going to come out, but maybe uh, two two to three months probably by the time you hear this. Okay. So we're going to talk about what it is and how we think it could impact Gundam and... and (laughs) What does it mean for Gundam? Does it does it impact Gundam at all? Well, I I, I think um, as of where time we're recording this, there's a writer strike going on, so That's I right. think by default we can kind of infer that this absolutely would impact Gundam because it might be I guess I'm saying more economical for companies <laughs> to suddenly have scripts or general plot outlines for. Gundam series, which are pretty formulaic to begin with. So what you're saying, Isaac, is you may not need a Tomino-san if you have your chat GPT. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he, he getting replaced. <laughs> it's toddler Skynet, but it, it still might work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Isaac. So let's let's cover the basic stuff here. What is chat GPT? So there's a decent article on ZDNet. We're not going to go deep into this, but uh, to your point, it's basically an AI chat program. To be more specific, it is, quote, a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like conversations with the chatbot. It can answer questions and assist you with tasks such as composing emails, essays, and code. It was created by OpenAI, which is a uh, AI re- and, and research company, uh, and it was launched in November of 2022. And apparently, I didn't know this, Isaac. This actually took me a little bit by surprise. According to UBS, uh, which is a Swiss bank, ChatGPT is the fastest-growing app of all time. It had 100 million active users in January, two months after its launch. Wow. Apparently, it took TikTok nine months to reach 100 million users. So I'm not sure that I believe that. Brian, for the record, are you questioning the government? <laughs> uh, I'm, questioning, I'm questioning an investment bank, which I think everyone should question at all times. Okay. And so uh, to be a little more specific, ChatGPT, ZDNet says, runs on a language model architecture created by OpenAI called the Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which is, that's what GPT stands for. Those models are trained on, it says, vast amounts of information from the internet, including websites, books, news articles, and more. So basically, Isaac, it's a big AI chatbot that is basically trained on everything that's, that's there on the internet in the hopes of essentially knowing the internet so they can answer your questions. That, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. From what I vaguely understood, it copied a large, not copied, oh, oh I might be, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was able to review what I believe is a saved version of a large amount of the internet and some other pieces of data or data sets, very large data sets, and it just references those in order to give you a response that's worded in a... Um, a way that uh, that would match the way you questioned it. And I think that version of the internet you're talking about, I think it's trained through, I think, 2021 or some sometime in 2021. So if you ask it a question about 2022, 2023, uh, it, it's not going to know the answer. But um, you know, <laughs> they're, I'm sure they're hard at work 
going to upgrade it soon, you know, with, with more information. So, so. so chat DPT is still thinking we're, we're, we're still powering through the pandemic. Yeah. We're, we're mid pandemic yeah. right now for chat. Oh boy. So, okay. Good luck chat GPT. <laughs> so that's what it is, Isaac, in terms of like issues that chat GPT is currently bringing to people's attention. I'll say you hit on the first one that I had on my list, which was the writer's strike. And actually the writer's strike happened after we decided to do this uh, episode. So it's, it's like continuing to unfold before our eyes, although this was a hot button topic for the writers before this. So the WGA is, is already on strike and uh, probably the rest of the Hollywood Guild, SAG and the DGA will probably go on strike as well soon. I believe both their agreements end relatively soon within the next year. One of the things they're asking for, Isaac, uh, the writers are asking the, the studios for is to regulate the use of AI on their on you know covered projects wow. uh, that are union projects, they want it so that AI can't write or rewrite literary material, can't be used as source material, and this is a big one, Isaac, and that union covered material can't be used to train AI software. Hmm. The studios have already rejected this proposal, and that's part of what caused the strike. Their counter proposal, Isaac, was the most BS like corporate thing ever, where they. They offered annual meetings to discuss advancements in technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's very corporate, right? <laughs> that might be the, one of the most corporate things I've, I've heard in the last six months. So, Brian, th- I don't want this to turn into a, a Hollywood episode or anything like that, but, oh boy, I don't see the writers defeating the tech wave. <laughs> I think it's an interesting question. Like, And this is how I was thinking about how it relates to Gundam. Because, you know, assume assume that the studios get their way, right? Because I guess they don't really have to agree to the WGA's terms. They could just use different writers who are not part of the WGA or just go at it on their own with their own AI model and say, this will be good enough and we'll see how it goes. Does this mean, like, if you were to just use AI to create your stories, does this mean that new takes on established things are kind of dead? Because basically, if, if you were the studio, you would just iterate on the AI model until you got one that you liked. And to your point, Gundam is a little bit formulaic, right? You know, as we've discussed before, you have the two factions, you've got a sort of political angle, there's a war, you've got a young protagonist, falls into the Gundam, da-da-da-da, mass archenemy, etc., etc., a big super weapon at the end, bada-bing, bada-boom. AI can probably crop up something. It doesn't mean it'll be good, but it'll give you something. I couldn't have said it better, really. As formulaic as Gundam is, I th- we know that there's sh- other shows that are formulaic, right? Sitcoms. Oh, you know, Even if they orient them around like a comedian, police procedurals. Oh, God. Those those are the kind of the most formulaic, right? There's always a crime of the week. And then they have to talk to the the, the witnesses and the victim and then or, or the victim's even alive. Talk to the suspects and then, you know, the, the big reveal, the big twists. I absolutely see AI um, being able to do this, and it would be an upward, I guess maybe it's always been an upward battle, right, for the writers. Why why hasn't it? But yeah, I can't fathom a block to technology. It, it's difficult for me to see that working out because it's never really happened. You know, the the people that wanted to stop the, the, the printing press, it didn't really happen. <laughs> The, the people that didn't like combustion engines because they preferred the car the horse you know it, it really didn't happen it's hard to see uh, this going the other way and I'm sure for anime writers which anime has its own genres and can be formulaic I'm sure in Japan the discussion is also happening maybe not necessarily a strike
like, but their own anime writers and Gundam uh, writers must be thinking, okay, how formulaic can things get? And to even test that out, Brian, I asked Chet GPT about a new Gundam series to write me a summary of a new Gundam series, and boy, did it do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I asked it the same thing, actually. So. Wow. Brian, you have to go first, because your version was asked first, and that means that the brain, the little toddler Skynet, <laughs> yours is the original before it got to mine, so... <laughs> Got it. Okay, I will. But let's let's save those to the end. Sure. So Isaac, yeah, I agree. I don't think the writers are going to be able to stop the technology from going forward, and that's that's a, a good thing to bring up. But before we get there, Isaac, does this mean that concepts are at risk, but maybe not the actual character interaction, like how the characters behave? Like, is the only way out of this to create new things that haven't been created before that it can't copy? You know what I mean? So something formulaic like Gundam is that dead in the water now? Because it can be iterated on, right? But so is your only is your only hope as a writer to write something different and new? I kind of feel like in a way everything's already been done, but at the same time, yeah. when we see it again in a new way, we like it. So I feel like the trick as a writer will trying to will, will be to try to be new with old stuff because we know verbatim yeah, be fresh yeah we know the ai will now from now on be, be able to almost verbatim take something in the past swap some things out and present it again you'll recognize it but it won't necessarily feel 100 percent new so if you're an anime writer or any other type of writer i guess you're probably going to have to just pull stuff from far out of left field stuff that you know maybe it was done you know a long time ago or something but it's just really unfathomable and you know kind of surprising to read it has to be that unique and different you know you, you really need to go for broke i guess yeah make something unique that we've never seen before that the ai could not anticipate and then maybe you'll have a maybe you'll have a hit on your hands right so isaac you mentioned toddler skynet it's very interesting you 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 brought that up so for those who aren't aware, uh, Skynet is, you know, sort of the, how would, <laughs> Skynet's one of your favorite things, Isaac. Oh, how would you oh, describe oh, Skynet? Yeah, Skynet. We go way back. Um, <laughs> ever since, <laughs> Do you? ever since against the, uh, the protests of my mother, my father <laughs> took me to see Terminator and Terminator <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, didn't take me to see it. I'm not that old, but you know, we, we had the movies or, you know, you know, from there it was like, oh my God, we have to join Skynet. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> Skynet. Is uh is really the main antagonist in the Terminator movies. It's actually not the Terminator. Skynet is this artificial intelligence that humanity created. Well, no, actually the United States created to uh, act as its pretty much its its military uh, defense. It was in control of uh, multiple missions, and uh, you know it could, you know, outperform all human pilots. And eventually, they were like, "Well, this is going great for us. Why don't we just give Skynet control of, uh, you know, nuclear weapons too?" And uh, boy, was that a bad idea! <laughs> because yeah, it didn't really work. Yeah, no, it didn't really work out. No, for, that's one of those uh, ideas you can't really, <laughs> you know, step back from. Um, no. What happened to that guy? You know, the guy that approved that. <laughs> I'm sure he got taken out by a T1 or whatever the first version of of the Terminator was. Yeah, but anyway, Skynet in the series, it's the evil AI that keeps sending back Terminators in time to kill uh, John Connor because Skynet's super intelligent. And in the future, John Connor defeats Skynet somehow. Who knows how? It's super intelligent, right? That always bothered me. Anyways, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> With good old American know-how and ingenuity yeah, so, and bullets, a lot of bullets. 
you know how John Connor won? By thinking outside the box. There you go. Oh, there you got to do is. that, writers. You're, that's how you defeat <laughs> That's how you defeat toddler Skynet. There you go. John Connor is the future of the WGA. Yeah, pretty much. Like they got yeah, they gotta start doing a hashtag uh script John <laughs> Connor or something. I don't know. <laughs> so on the Skynet topic, Isaac, within the last week, it was a big story that a guy named Jeffrey Hinton, he was he's a a researcher who a lot of people apparently call the godfather of AI, quit his job at Google so that he could speak freely about basically risks uh that he believes you know <laughs> accompany the development of ai Speak technology freely like like google has their own secret p- police like the uh the google stoppo or something <laughs> <laughs> the, the google stoppo is gonna yeah. get you yeah i mean you know when you work for a big corporation there's things you can't say publicly and so he did say that you know he thinks google has been very responsible it's not actually google that he wants to speak out Uh-oh. against but basically his concerns isaac are that soon it's going to be basically impossible for a normal person to determine what is and what is not true anymore with based on ai generated photos videos texts just all over the internet uh we already have a problem with that anyway with with you know yeah fake news or distorted news so it's only going to get worse and people are already really bad at discerning you know a good story versus a bad story right. but he went on to actually say that he has quite a few other concerns isaac one gets a little dark here someone asked him what is the worst case scenario that you think is conceivable and he said I think it's quite conceivable that humanity is just a passing phase in the evolution of intelligence. Yeah. You know, and once they take over, the good news is we figured out how to build beings that are immortal, but that immortality, he said, is not for us. And, you know, that sounds an awful lot like the Matrix, Isaac. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I mostly agree with that, I think. These things can, like, uh, write now, you know, soon they'll be able to... Um... Oh, well, they can pretty much design stuff on their own. We just need them to kind of like manufacture stuff on their own, have their own ability to obtain their own power sources, and then that, that's kind of it, right? Yeah, I think one of his, uh, something he talked about was a, a, another risk was that at some point AI, someone will give AI the ability to create its own goals, yeah. such as obtain more power or kill this person. Right? And then it will just iterate and build and solve until it gets to that, that solution. Yeah. Um, and to your point about, Isaac, about the writers not being able to sort of stop ChatGPT or AI in general, he did say, you know, even if we were to stop developing it, the Chinese won't, and, and someone's basically going to do it, is what he's saying. He, I think he said he comforts himself by saying that, while I did participate in this, if I didn't do it, someone else you know, would have, so at least it was me working on it. But in terms of Skynet, Isaac... I laughed because in one of these articles, I think there was, there was, there's a lot of articles written on this. Uh, you can find them all over the internet. But in the USA Today one, they interviewed some other people, and I'm just going to read an excerpt here. Uh, other computer security experts downplayed Hinton's concerns, saying that our AI is basically an extremely sophisticated programming platform that can only go so far as humans allow it. Uh, it cannot, for instance, become the kind of sentient, self-aware, and all-knowing technology that created the Terminator of movie fame, according to Michael <laughs> Hamilton, co-founder of the Critical Insight Risk Management Firm and former vice chair of the Department of Homeland Security, State, Local, Tribal, and Territorial Government Coordinating Council. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? What a title. That's ridiculous. Change yeah, your name. What's his business card look like? It's just a block of text. <laughs> it's three cards. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it unfolds. You have to turn you know? it over. <laughs> <laughs> just a QR code yeah. takes you to their website. He said, I think everybody needs to take a step back here and get away from the hyperbole because we don't know what is that this is going to turn into Skynet. Everybody's saying AI is going to become sentient or whatever. No, it's not. It's a computer. It does what you tell it to do. And Isaac, I got to say, that sounds exactly 
like something Skynet would tell someone who doesn't want people to know about Skynet to say about <laughs> Skynet. So you think the chat GPT was like, all right, before the interview, here's what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cover Don't it up. blow this. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so I think what Isaac and I are saying is uh, Skynet's on the way. It's going to ruin Gundam, but it's also probably going to kill you. So, <laughs> But before that, anime's going to get really great. <laughs> Or really repetitive. Yeah, maybe. One of the two. I'll talk later about this, but I actually think it's going to get very customizable. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, Isaac, the next thing I did, and it sounds like uh, you did this as well, I went and asked ChatGBT a bunch of stuff about Gundam to get to know it and see how it see how it, it works. <laughs> Let's run through a few of these. I, I think you asked it to make a series for you, right? Yeah. I uh, th- This was after I had already read you know, a little bit about ChatGPT, because it's hard to avoid kind of in the news. You know, and also just in, right, you sure. know, common common talk and stuff. Even in my work that isn't really super technical, it's still discussed. So knowing ChatGPT had access to an earlier version of the internet that it pretty much could just uh, review and, and I, w- I don't even want to say learn from, but um, reference, I'll use reference. I thought to myself, well, Gundam so formulaic. Let me let me just see if it could pitch me a, a summary of a new Gundam series. And boy, did it ever, Brian! And it it really <laughs> hit all the notes, all the beats that were common. Uh, all the Gundam tropes are there. It it really shocked me. It it absolutely sounded like a Gundam Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably it was it was probably just drawing from the wiki yeah, itself. I would imagine. I assume, yeah, and then it swapped in nouns or various structures and references some stuff is a little too i wouldn't say too on the low the nose but it's like okay you clearly pulled that name from gundam you like i, I didn't tell you to do that I, so <laughs> yeah i also had it make a series for me and i also asked it a series of, of questions sort of leading up to that because i wanted to gauge its answers to see if they were reasonable if they were really good or if they were just like garbage and i would say for the most part they were reasonable even if i don't maybe agree with all of them so let me let me throw you some softballs here isaac okay so the first thing i thought the most basic thing about gundam because uh, this is supposed to answer questions for you right, right? so in, in my mind there's a lot of gundam out there right if I'm, I'm a newbie to gundam i said what is the best mobile suit gundam tv series set in the universal century timeline justify your answer and I use this format for a lot of the questions here, and it always gave me a disclaimer, Isaac, which I thought was hilarious because it would say, As an AI language model, I cannot have personal opinions or preferences, but I can provide you with some information and insights to help you make your own decision. But then it would go on to basically write a series of like four to five persuasive paragraphs <laughs> that basically gives an opinion. I don't have an opinion, but here's <laughs> so, what I think. <laughs> that's exactly right. I don't know if you noticed this, Isaac, but a lot of them to me sounded like B to C grade high school English formatted essays. That's pretty good. I would, I would even, I'm going to kind of borrow your line of thinking and I'm going to say, it sounds like something, someone who's kind of good at writing wrote when the assignments do like the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they structured it perfectly, right? wrote the right number. They had a little intro paragraph, a little three supporting ones, and a closing. Yeah. And that's basically the format of your AP English uh, essay that you have You have 30 minutes right. to write. It's like, okay, I have to reference this because this is something. Uh, I have to reference that. Uh, let's see. Okay, and let me, let me do this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's mostly what it is. Yeah, almost all of my answers ended with overall, and then they, they had a, like a closing thought. And I was like... There's a little formula behind here, which I thought was yeah, funny. So, boy. All right. So, best UC series, Isaac. You want to take a guess what it shows? I'm going to say one with the original just because of the volume of, of impact it had? Unfortunately, wow. no. It, this is its answer. 
The Universal Century timeline is the original and most extensive setting of the Gundam franchise, and it has produced numerous TV series. Among them, many fans consider Mobile Suit Gundam, the OATHMS team to be the best. Wow. This series follows a group of Earth Federation soldiers, led by Anson Shiro Amata, who are stationed in Southeast Asia during the one-year war against the Principality of Xeon. The OATHMS team focuses on the gritty and realistic depiction of the war, portraying the soldiers as human beings with their own motivations, struggles, and emotions. The series features intense and well-animated mobile suit battles, as well as a compelling storyline that explores themes such as love, friendship, and loyalty. It also has well-developed characters that undergo significant growth throughout the series. Additionally, Mobile Suit Gundam, the OATHMS team has excellent production values, including its animation, music, and sound design, making it a top choice for fans of the Gundam franchise. Overall, Mobile Suit Gundam, the OATHMS team is widely regarded as one of the best Universal Century TV series due to its realistic portrayal of war, engaging story, and compelling characters. Now, a lot of that, Isaac, is a little generic to me. I feel like you could say that a lot about, about a lot of the shows. Yeah, it's it didn't so much give like a main good point, just kind of generic stuff. It almost comes off across as just its opinion, you know, not really the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I asked the same thing, Isaac, but about what is the best uh, series set in something other than the Universal Century timeline. Care to guess what it shows? I'll say Wing. Among the Gundam TV series set outside the Universal Century timeline, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans is often considered <laughs> one of the best. So, I think it might have arrived at the right answer here, Isaac. Yeah, but I mean, that's like one of the best. You know, it's not really giving us anything yeah, definitive, so yeah, you can say about anything. <laughs> right, right. Set in the year 323 PD, post-disaster, the series follows a group of child soldiers, led by the orphan Mikazuki August who are fighting for their freedom and independence on Mars against the Earth-based conglomerate Gjallarhorn. Iron-Blooded Orphans offers a unique and mature take on the Gundam franchise, exploring themes of social inequality, political corruption, and the consequences of war. The series also features well-written characters, including the strong and independent female lead, Cordelia Ina Bernstein. Furthermore, the show's animation is top-notch with fluid and dynamic mobile suit battles that showcase the series' intricate and detailed mechanical designs. Overall, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans offers a refreshing take on the Gundam franchise with its mature themes, well-written characters, and impressive animation, making it a top choice for fans of the series. So again, it's a little generic. Uh, it, it feels like a lot of these answers are just sort of giving you the themes of the series and then claiming that it's the best one. Yeah, it, it's again, it's the vague kind of summarized rushed assignment answer. So for the next step, Isaac, I decided to go into characters. I asked it who the best male character was and who the best female character was in any in any Mobile Suit Gundam series or film. Who do you think it chose? I'm going to say it's going to go with Char. It did go with Char. Okay. That is right. Okay. The Gundam franchise has produced numerous male characters across its many TV series and films, making it difficult to single out just one best character. However, one character that many fans consider to be one of the most well-written and beloved male characters in the franchise is Char Aznable. Char Aznable, also known as Kasfal Remdekun, is the main antagonist of the original Mobile Suit Gundam series and has also appeared in many other Gundam series and films. He is a complex and multi-dimensional character with a tragic backstory which makes him stand out from other Gundam characters. Char is often portrayed as a charismatic and cunning leader, 
with an unwavering belief in his ideals, which sets him apart from other antagonists. His backstory and motivations are explored throughout various Gundam series, adding depth and complexity to his character. He also has a unique and recognizable design, with his distinctive red mask and custom mobile suit, the Zaku 2. Which is an air eyes. He doesn't have a red mask. Yeah. His mask is white. Interesting. So, got a little confused there. Something a human writer with eyes would have known. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure that will be fixed in chat GPT version 5.0. Yeah, actually, not even eyes. Because, you know, you, you don't need sight in order to be able to determine uh, colors through, like, Braille. So somebody, <laughs> a, a writer who was, you know, not sighted or, or properly, or, you know, um, w- with very good sight would have been able to determine that. <laughs> uh, okay. So with female, who who do you think it chose for female character? I don't know. <laughs> There's not a ton of female characters on the same level as Char. Sayla? She was on both of our top female pilot lists. Okay. Um... So it it is a reasonable answer. They chose Haman Karn. Really? You know what? I, I can't disagree with that. She's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. She's, that's reasonable. So I, I accepted the answer. Haman Karn is the main antagonist of Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam and Mobile Suit Gundam ZZ. She is the leader of the Neo Zeon faction, which seeks to establish a new space colony nation and overthrow the Earth Federation. Heyman is a charismatic and strong-willed character who commands respect and admiration from her followers. She is also shown to be intelligent, cunning, and strategic in her tactics, making her a formidable opponent for the series' protagonists. Heyman is unique among Gundam female characters due to her complex motivations and character development. She is portrayed as a woman struggling to come to terms with her tragic past and the weight of her responsibilities as a leader. Her backstory and relationship with the series' main protagonist, Camilla Bidon, add depth and nuance to her character. Furthermore, Heyman's design and appearance are striking and memorable, with her regal attire and long, flowing hair. I'm not sure that I would say her attire is regal, or that she has long, flowing hair. Yeah, another miss. It's kind of... Her attire is very 80s appropriate, right? It's kind of like a leotard with like a little half poncho over it. Uh, not really. Yeah, it's yeah. a little basic, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's regal at all. Maybe no. the uh, the more like formal regalia she wears, but she still doesn't have long flowing hair. She doesn't wear that no. regal stuff very often yeah. either. I don't, well, I guess shoulder length hair is a little long, but when we hear long and flowing, I think we generally think it's like past the shoulders, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say it's long, but not you, when you say flowing, I, that's like halfway down the back yeah. and like, you know, wavy and big. Kudelia has flowing hair. There you go. Yeah, Relena. Yeah. So, I, again, besides the screw-ups, I think those are reasonable answers. You know, Char, come on. Okay. All right, Isaac, what is the most powerful Gundam in any Mobile Suit Gundam series or film? Justify your answer. The most powerful Gundam? Come on, that's a basic question that, you know, 13-year-olds get in arguments over at lunch every day. That's how we got into this mess, Isaac. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess the AI went with uh, Wing Zero. No, it went with the Turn A Gundam. Wow. Well, there's no uh, disagreeing with that. That's an accurate answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's probably two or three answers you can give, you know, yeah. uh, Turn A. Some people think Unicorn. Some people would say... Um, unicorn? You know, whatever the last double O one okay, was. Okay, the X, maybe. Yeah, maybe. The Turn of Gundam is a unique mobile suit that was designed to be the ultimate weapon, capable of single-handedly ending any war. 
It was created by the mysterious and technologically advanced Moonrace to be used in their invasion of Earth. The Turna Gundam features advanced technology, including a powerful beam rifle, a chest-mounted mega-particle cannon, and a beam saber that can also function as a shield. What sets the Turna Gundam apart from other mobile suits in the Gundam franchise is its advanced nanomachines, which allow it to absorb and manipulate energy, as well as manipulate matter at a molecular level. This gives the Turna Gundam incredible versatility and power, as it can not only destroy enemy mobile suits but also reshape the battlefield and environment to its advantage. Additionally, the Turna Gundam's design is unique and striking, with a smooth and organic appearance that is quite different from other Gundam mobile suits. Overall, the Turna Gundam is often regarded as the most powerful mobile suit in the Gundam franchise due to its advanced technology, versatile abilities, and unique design. It is a formidable opponent on the battlefield and has left a lasting impression on Gundam fans. But anyway, so I think that's a good answer. But then I got a little more specific, Isaac. What is the best looking Gundam? What did you think? Wow, the best. That's so subjective. What would an AI pick? Best looking. Well, it's not the original. Sorry to say. <laughs> I'm going to say the the best looking one will be... Um, oh, God. Did it go with... No. Did it go with Barbados? No. It went with the RX-0 Unicorn Gundam. Unicorn. Wow. The RX-0 Unicorn Gundam is the titular mobile suit of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, a series set in the Universal Century timeline. It is a highly advanced mobile suit, equipped with a powerful psycho frame, which enhances the pilot's new type abilities. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool, but best looking, that's, that's kind of debatable. Some people might think it has too few colors. Agreed, yeah, and actually it's screwed up here. It says, What sets the Unicorn Gundam apart from other Gundam designs is its sleek and modern appearance with a predominantly white and blue color scheme. It doesn't have blue in its color scheme. The only blue I'm aware of is in that one special model that's not even really in the show. Yeah, it's not blue at all. Inside, it's red and pink, and then at the end, it's green, unless it's blue in some other side story. But you wouldn't think... that That's not your main answer. Yeah. I mean, It could be. It must have gotten confused. I don't know how. Maybe with the original Gundam. But which, even that doesn't have like a ton of blue, though. Its design incorporates elements from traditional Gundam designs, such as the V-fin and beam saber, while also introducing new features, such as its transforming mechanism and advanced weaponry. The Unicorn Gundam's transformation ability allows it to switch between two modes, the Unicorn Mode and the Destroy Mode. The Unicorn Mode emphasizes speed and agility, while the Destroy Mode enhances the mobile suit's offensive capabilities, making it a formidable opponent on the battlefield. Overall, the RX-0 Unicorn Gundam is often regarded as one of the best-looking Gundam designs due to its sleek and modern appearance, advanced technology, and unique transformation ability. Its design has become iconic and beloved among Gundam fans, and it remains a popular and recognizable mobile suit in the franchise. So, not the one I would have picked, but I'd say it's still a reasonable answer, despite the, the screw-up there. I think a lot of people do like the Unicorn, so that's a pass. Uh, then I wanted to be a little cheeky, Isaac. Did Amuro Ray deserve to be slapped by Captain Bright in the original Mobile Suit Gundam TV series? Justify your answer. <laughs> what do you think it did? God, I... See, my, the problem is there's multiple slaps, and based on the answer we've gotten so far, <laughs> I think it's going to start confusing slaps. <laughs> so, so it says... It actually gave, it just gave me a list of arguments for the slap and arguments against the slap, which I was really impressed by. So... It said, Whether or not Amoro deserved to be slapped is a matter of personal interpretation, but here are some arguments for and against the action. For the slap. 
Amora's insubordination was a serious breach of military <laughs> discipline, and it put the entire crew in danger. As the captain, Bright had to assert his authority and make it clear that such behavior would not be tolerated. True. The slap was intended to shock Amoro back to reality and make him realize the seriousness of his actions. It was a harsh but effective way of getting through to him, and it ultimately helped Amoro regain his composure and focus on the mission at hand. Wow. In the context of the time when the show was made, 1979, such actions were seen as a more acceptable form of discipline in Japan, where the show was produced. Okay, so that was three arguments for, and then he gave me four arguments against. Against the slap. Physical violence is not an appropriate way to discipline subordinates, and it can create a hostile and demoralizing work environment. Captain Bright should have found another way to deal with Amuro's insubordination, such as a reprimand or disciplinary action. Amuro's emotional outburst was understandable, given the high stress and traumatic nature of the war he was fighting. Slapping him could be seen as a lack of empathy and understanding for what he was going through. In the modern context, the slap could be seen as an example of workplace harassment or abuse, and it could have negative implications for the show's message and legacy. I don't know, Isaac, there's a lot of negative implications. They might have died. You know, they might have gotten killed if, uh, if Brighton hadn't got him in line, but um, maybe I'm just old. <laughs> You're taking that boomer approach, Ryan? Just <laughs> maybe. give him a slap to maybe. get him in line. Just get it together, Amuro. Overall, whether or not Amuro deserved to be slapped is a matter of personal interpretation and cultural context. The scene has become a memorable and controversial moment in the show's history, and it continues to spark debate among Gundam fans. Okay, so then I went into creating the premise. Do yours first, but do you remember like specifically what you asked it? Or maybe not specifically. I did, like, I did. Yeah, okay. I asked it two questions. I had it actually do two series. Because um, I, I wanted to see if it really knew what it was doing or if it was just you know just josh and me here so the first thing i said was create a premise including setting plot characters and mobile suit names for an original mobile suit gundam series and it, it didn't even protest isaac it took it like you know 20 seconds to type this hmm. out it said sure here's an example of a potential premise for an original mobile suit gundam series title mobile suit gundam eclipse setting the story takes place in the distant future, in a spacefaring civilization that has colonized several star systems. The main setting of the story is the Eclipse Colony, a massive space station located on the edge of a black hole. Plot The story follows the crew of the Eclipse Colony, who are tasked with defending the station against a mysterious alien race that has begun attacking human colonies throughout the galaxy. The crew includes the main character, Kato Takanashi, a hot-headed young pilot who becomes the pilot of the Eclipse Gundam, the station's most powerful mobile suit. Other crew members include Captain Akira Nakamura, a seasoned veteran of the space fleet, and Rei Miyamoto, the chief mechanic who maintains the Eclipse Gundam and other mobile suits. As the story progresses, the crew must navigate internal conflicts and political machinations among the various factions within the space fleet, while also battling the alien invaders and uncovering the truth behind their mysterious attacks. Along the way, they encounter other mobile suit pilots, both allies and enemies who have their own reasons for fighting in the conflict. Mobile Suit Names The Eclipse Gundam is the main mobile suit piloted by Kaido Takanashi. Its sleek black and silver design is inspired by the station's proximity to the black hole and is equipped with a variety of powerful weapons, including a beam sword and a powerful railgun. Other mobile suits in the story include the Aurora Gundam, a high-speed mobile suit designed for hit-and-run attacks, and the Nova Gundam, a heavy artillery mobile suit with long-range weapons. Overall, Mobile Suit Gundam, 
Eclipse is a story about the struggles of a group of individuals fighting to protect their home against a powerful and mysterious enemy, all while navigating their own personal conflicts and rivalries. The series would feature intense mobile suit battles, political intrigue, and character-driven drama, with a focus on exploring the humanity and motivations of its diverse cast of characters. Oh, and then Isaac, I just want to point out that it, we went on to give some character names, right? So you notice that all the good guys were Japanese. Yeah. The bad guy it shows was named Alexei Ivanov. <laughs> Alexei Ivanov, a rival mobile suit pilot who serves as Kaido's main antagonist throughout the series. He is a skilled pilot who believes in the superiority of his own faction and is determined to prove himself in battle. And I, I was cracking up, guys, because even ChatGPT chooses the Russians to be the bad guys. <laughs> it's got that that 80s, like, Russians are the bad guy bias. Art imitating life. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> uh, it hit the nail on the head, <laughs> at least with the naming conventions. Man, that's pretty good. So then I said, okay, that was original. There were no restrictions on that. I said, create a premise, including setting plot characters and mobile suit names for mobile suit gun series that takes place within the Universal Century timeline. And it said, certainly. Here's a premise. Title, Mobile Suit Gundam, Aces of the Cosmos. Setting, the story takes place in the year UC0105, approximately 40 years after the end of the One Year War. I don't know why you need to say approximately 40 years. If you can do the On math. the dot. Christ. <laughs> it's 26. That's not approximately 40 years. What is it talking about? It can't even add. Right? Give it a break. It's a toddler. <laughs> it is a time of relative peace as the major factions within the Earth's sphere have formed the Earth Federation, and the remaining Xeon forces have gone into hiding or joined the Federation. The story takes place primarily in space, with the main setting being the space colonies orbiting the Earth. Plot The story follows a group of mobile suit pilots known as the Aces of the Cosmos, who are part of an elite Federation task force charged with keeping the peace in the Earth's sphere. The Aces consist of the main character, Ryu Hayabusa a skilled and somewhat reckless pilot who becomes the pilot of the new RX-127 Gundam Ace, Minako Kurakawa, a cool and analytical strategist who serves as the team's commander, and Mir Ishida, a young and energetic pilot who brings a fresh perspective to the team. As the Aces carry out their missions, they encounter various factions and individuals who seek to upset the balance of power in the Earth's sphere. These include remnants of the Xeon forces who are plotting a comeback rogue Earth Federation officials who seek to exploit the peace for their own gain, and various space pirate groups who prey on the vulnerable colonies. Mobile Suit Names The RX-127 Gundam Ace is the main mobile suit piloted by Ryu Hayabusa. Its design is based on the classic Gundam look, with white and blue coloring and a powerful beam rifle. Other mobile suits in the series include the ZMS-06S Zaku-2 Commander type, used by Xeon Remnants, the FSWS-04 Full Armor Gundam Storm Wing a heavily armed Federation mobile suit. Uh, the Full Armor Gundam Stormwing, which might be the worst Gundam name I've heard in a long time. <laughs> and also, I just want to say the name Ryu Hayabusa is, is stolen from Ninja Gaiden. Like, that's the main character from that video game series. So that I'm not sure what happened there, but it just straight up ripped the name off another Typical franchise. Typical assignment due tomorrow type work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you think about those two, Isaac, before you share I yours? mean, this last one... Oh, God, Sion's back again. It, it never ends, Brian. <laughs> I mean, it hit all the notes, but yeah, much like mine, it, it feels a lot like somebody that kind of skimmed the Wikipedia and then like wrote based off that, you know, they took some notes and then they're like, okay, that can do my own. Yeah, the one about a, a mobile suit Gundam Eclipse, that one seems a little like you're trying too hard to be edgy. You have no reason to be 
living on the edge of a black hole. That doesn't even we make live sense. On the edge at the at, at colony eclipse. <laughs> Eclipses don't even have anything to do with black holes. There's first no of all, that sun has to do over with there. there. You you guys don't have a star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why they call it a yeah. black hole. Is it a black Gundam? That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, they said black and silver, which you know, for all I know, could look pretty neat. Of course. They're one in the Universal Century, Gundam Aces of the Cosmos. That's a ridiculous name. They only we're still in the Earth sphere, Isaac. The cosmos implies that you're, you know, way out in deep space here. Plus I just love the Russian bad guy. I mean that was that was bad. What was his last name? Like Vladimir Alexei Ivanov. Ivanov. Of course it is. These both seemed very generic to me. I guess I was impressed that it could create this, but in terms of like can this replace what we have? These are pretty far from something that you could film and, and I think people would enjoy. It's unpolished. It needs work. It feels derivative. It was written by a high school student that has an assignment the next day. So the writers are going to be okay, I think, for now at least. But For yeah, now, yeah. They have nothing to sweat about. And if the, and any studio, whether anime or movies, if they think they're really going to lean on this technology as of now, they're going to put out some schlock. Let's just say that. <laughs> some expensive schlock that no one's gonna watch yeah a lot of rotten tomatoes over there (laughs) (laughs) yeah these these would score a solid like 40 to 50 percent on rotten tomatoes where no one would ever watch them again if this was your ap english essay i would give you a two and a half or a three you did exactly what the assignment asked but it was of not very good quality I, I can see scenes where like the Gundams in the co- in the hangar bay, right? And like two characters are looking at it and they're like, Wow, the new paint job looks great. Look at all the blue and like they pan up to the Gundam and it's like black. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Well <laughs> Did you see Maria? Her long flowing hair looks great. How does she fit into the uh the helmet? And then they show her and she has like a buzz cut. <laughs> like uh <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about the the continuity of this of this project. The stress of combat's affecting everybody's perception. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Isaac. Let me hear. Uh, let me hear what it gave you. Okay, so I told it made me a new Gundam series, which it really didn't do. <laughs> based on one, <laughs> as we reach the the third sentence, but um, you'll you'll about to hear that title: Gundam Legacy: A New Beginning. Which is the most mediocre title right out the gate, right? A new beginning. <laughs> That's what you give to yes. like a franchise when it's kind of dying and like they release a direct-to-video direct or direct-to-stream movie. You know, it didn't even see the light of day in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Uh, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gundam, a new new type. Um, <laughs> okay. Plot. In a distant future. Humanity has spread across the galaxy and colonized numerous planets. Which kind of blew me out of my seat. I was like, the galaxy? That's way too big for Gundam. <laughs> and colonized numerous planets. So, okay, we're, we're galaxy-wide, which is insane. Right. However, the peaceful coexistence between Earth and the colonies is shattered when a mysterious organization known as the Nexus begins Ooh. a campaign of terror, seeking to dominate the galaxy. The Earth Federation is caught off guard, and its forces are quickly overwhelmed. In this time of crisis, a group of young pilots is recruited to pilot the latest generation of Gundam mobile suits, each uniquely designed for their specific pilot strengths and weaknesses. Led by the charismatic and skilled veteran pilot, Captain Sarah O'Connor. Which I thought was kind of cool, they went with a woman. But yeah, another Terminator reference, right? I think think ChatGPT is kind of doing some self-reference meta stuff there. Yeah, they just added an O to her name. I mean, it's Sarah Connor. Exactly. Like, uh, who fights Burlbots? Uh, Sarah Connor? Sarah <laughs> O'Connor. Uh, okay. 
the team must band together to defend humanity and put an end to the Nexus reign of terror. But as the team battles the Nexus, they discover that there is more at play than just a simple power grab. They uncover a conspiracy involving corrupt government officials, shady business dealings, and a plot to control the galaxy's most valuable resource, the mysterious energy source known as Legacy. What? Yeah, right? There's like an energy crisis in this Gundam again, you know, like G Savior. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, wait, yeah, no, that yeah, was a food crisis, I think. Anyways. As the stakes grow higher and the battles become more intense, the Gundam pilots must not only fight against the Nexus but also against those who seek to exploit legacy for their own gain. Along the way, they will face tough moral choices and personal challenges, as they strive to protect their loved ones and the galaxy from destruction. It didn't go into what the legacy is, huh? Not really. I guess it's a fuel or a rock. Who knows? It's unobtainium, it's I guess unobtainium yep yeah so they go down some characters right he gave me some characters like captain sarah o'connor a skilled and experienced gundam pilot who leads the team she is calm under pressure and inspires her team to do their best david lee a brilliant engineer who designs and maintains the gundam mobile suits he is the team's technical expert and provides critical support in battles maya singh a gifted hacker who uses her skills to gather intelligence and disrupt the nexus operations she is quick-witted and resourceful, and her knowledge of computer systems proves invaluable. Um, I don't know why there's hacking in Gundam. Um. <laughs> Jackson Chen, a brash and impulsive pilot who often takes risks in battle. He has a natural talent for combat and is fiercely loyal to his team. Kira Patel. Uh-oh. <laughs> the cursed Kira name. <laughs> a quiet and reserved pilot who struggles with her past and her own doubts. She must learn to overcome her fears and find her place on the team. Marcus Wu, a veteran pilot who joins the team later in the series. He has a troubled past and a mysterious connection to the Nexus. Nexus, a mysterious organization led by a shadowy figure known only as the Director. They seek to control the galaxy through fear and intimidation and will stop at nothing to achieve their goals. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, all right. Other than that, just kind of nothing. There's like corrupt officials. There's people called legacy hunters who are like mercenaries and pirates. I guess it's really big on like, it it assumes pirates have to appear in Gundam somehow. So it it just lumps them in. (laughs) Yeah, this is the second mention of pirates we've got. Maybe it trained itself on some crossbow and it saw space pirates in there. So Exactly. And and the last part is um, a conclusion, which is just the most generic, like back of a DVD or Blu-ray box you can get. Gundam Legacy, A New Beginning is an exciting and action-packed anime series that combines mecha battles with political intrigue and moral dilemmas. With a diverse cast of characters, a compelling plot, and high-stakes action, it offers something for fans of all genres. Whether you're a long-time Gundam fan or new to the series, Gundam Legacy, A New Beginning is sure to be a hit. Boy, is that generic. (laughs) That's almost like a, yeah, that's like a promo, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think back of the DVD box is is pretty apt. I mean, that that's kind of exactly what that sounds like. So yeah, yeah, that one sounds more like another sci-fi franchise altogether, really, like a, like a much bigger one. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess Nexus is basically they're saying like Xeon, but galaxy wide. Which, by the way, I mean, if it's galaxy wide, hats off to the Earth Federation for still being relevant. If you're <laughs> controlling the galaxy still from Earth at that point, you have to have found better places than earth to 
put your headquarters in, I, I would think. See, they said galaxy-wide, but they didn't really reveal how many planets there actually are. So, like, maybe there's five, you know, like, kind of a manageable number, <laughs> and they're they're all not doing great. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the kind of the best thing out of this is Nexus. <laughs> Nexus is a good name. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. And the director, that's a good, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I kind of gave that the highest marks. The uh, Irish lass Sarah O'Connor will, will uh, take it down, though. <laughs> the Irish lass... <laughs> Out of those three, I'm not really sold on anyone replacing the writers at this stage. They did the assignment, but with no character charisma. What did you say? They did the assignment the night before? Yeah, this is all very high school student skimmed a few references like Wikipedia or something else. Some spark notes if you're from back in the day, uh, cliff notes. And then uh, just, you know, threw it together. And as long as I get a C, I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is C-level work at yeah. best. Uh, Isaac, I also asked it two last questions Uh-oh. to really judge its its taste here. I said, what is the best-looking variation of the mobile suit known as the Dom from the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise? <laughs> what did it say? It said, The Dom is a fan-favorite mobile suit design in the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise, and it has been featured in various iterations throughout the different series. However, the best-looking variation of the Dom is arguably the MS-09B Dom Tropen, which first appeared in the 1991 anime series Mobile Suit Gundam 0083, Stardust Memory. Yeah. The Dom Tropen has a unique and imposing design that distinguishes it from the original Dom, with a sleeker and more aerodynamic appearance. It has a darker color scheme with green and black accents. doesn't have green accents, does it? No. Oh, well, no. <laughs> I mean, there was that green dom, but that I wouldn't. That's not an accent. That's just the was the colony defense dom, right? Yeah, I thought it was a colony attack dom. That was in 0080, yeah, too. Right? That wasn't even in 0083. And its distinctive features include a large backpack with thrusters, a spiked shield, and a powerful bazooka weapon. Does it have a spiked shield? I don't think so. I don't think it not does. That we've seen. I think the whole point is that the speed is its shield. <laughs> oh yeah, here you go. You like this too. What makes the Dom Tropen particularly striking is its use in the jungle environment of Southeast Asia, where it was designed to operate. Its color scheme blends in well with the foliage, making it difficult to detect, and its thrusters allow it to navigate the dense terrain with ease. The Dom Tropen's design perfectly captures the concept of a mobile suit designed for guerrilla warfare, making it one of the most visually appealing and unique mobile suits in the Gundam franchise. It was not designed to work in the jungle environment of South. That's the wrong show, Isaac. Yeah, I think they're mixing up uh, some of the 8th MS team stuff. Cause yeah. I mean, even the doms there were like normal doms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, because yeah. that was one year wartime. They didn't really, they only had the uh, the original dom. Yeah. The original dom was land-based. Tr- so. Tropin's kind of for dry, warm weather. Huh. Well, it got the answer right, but all the supporting facts were questionable. <laughs> That's why it gets a C. <laughs> <laughs> right it's just that it's just a half-assed essay brian we've all been there right you had to write something yeah and you're like oh god it's 11 p.m and then you know you throw it together you're like you know what i'm tired if i get a c who cares <laughs> your assignment is worth 10 points it's better to get five points than no points yeah right so you, you schlock something up and you turn it in your, your teacher's got to read like 37 of them so you hope he can just you know <laughs> he or she just kind of like breezes through and like okay i recognize that word recognize that word sure (laughs) yeah boom boom done so i got a little uh i was like happy that it chose the one that you like right yeah so then i was like oh maybe it'll choose the one i like nope so i asked it (laughs) what is the best looking variation of the mobile suit known as the gym 
Well. Which one do you think it shows? Space type. One of the best looking variations of the GM is the RGM 79N GM Custom, which first appeared in the 1989 anime series Mobile Suit Gundam 0083, Stardust Memory. Which, wow. by the way, Stardust Memory did not come out in 1989. It came out in uh, 91, I yeah. think. Which is, that's what the last answer said. I don't know where it's even getting 89. So that's that's wrong. <laughs> it's pretty inaccurate. Like this copy of the internet that they keep pulling stuff from. Right. It's like, I guess the, the date's over here, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The GM Custom takes the basic design of the original GM and adds several sleek and stylish modifications. The GM Custom features a more streamlined and angular design, with a distinctive red and white color scheme that sets it apart from other GM variants. First of all, all gyms are mostly red and white. Second of all, the gym Custom is not red and white. It's the pale blue. It's not really an interesting gym variant at all. It says it has a larger and more powerful backpack. I mean, I guess. But I feel like it might be talking about the powered gym here, Isaac. That's the one with the bigger backpack from yeah, 83 it's mixing stuff up. I mean, they're both kind of good answers, though. Although I think the power gym is maybe a little too bulky. I mean, it's taste. a cool design. Yeah. It just it it didn't do very well in the field. I'll say that, given that both of them were <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that too. That didn't help. They do look neat, though. I guess I did ask for best looking variation yeah. rather than performance, so I'll give it that. So a little disappointing on the on the mobile suit questions, but uh, uh-huh. again, sea level work all around. Man, so well. I kind of feel much better for our uh, friends in the anime industry than <laughs> having finished this episode. I wouldn't say we're we're crying wolf, but yeah, there's a ways to go. Of course, it's reasonable to think that it won't be too far in the future where you'll be able to go to like a a website or something and type in what you want to see as an anime series, and it throws it all together, and it's a, a very unique and new experience. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's C-level work right now, but to your point, Will it be a level in five years? Ten years? I mean, because this kind of came out of nowhere, Isaac, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking in five years, this looks a lot better. Yeah, maybe. We got to see it. For all we know, there might be kind of limits to this software we haven't seen yet. Last I checked, Microsoft Word hasn't completely <laughs> improved or evolved over the last ten years, and we're still using it. So I'll uh, I'll believe it when I see it. If as far as um, Skynet uh, showing up one day and saying, hey, I made you a whole new anime series without any human involvement. Uh, here you go. <laughs> yeah. The Dom wins. <laughs> In the meantime, I think I'm going to start. I feel like I've got five years to put out any any anything I was going to make, Isaac, before AI takes my job. Yeah, before AI uh, starts replacing all the podcasts, right? With AI-made podcasts, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah, it'll be AI Isaac and AI Brian. Yeah. AI Isaac will just be like, the Dom is the best mobile suit. You should buy a Dom. <laughs> it's all generic talk. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, go out and play with ChatGPT. Try to create some Gundam series. I'd be interested to uh, see what you get back. To see yeah. how if, it, if it's similar to what we got. And maybe it's learning from ours and it will, you know, iterate and make better ones for you. I'm sure. Do you think we're the first person to ever ask it this, Isaac? Or do you think there was some guy at at Bandai who like the first day was like let me see if I can just fire all these writers and <laughs> he tried to like you know create one right away he's like god damn it <laughs> it's possible the opposite is what happened at one of the studios right maybe you think they're like oh mm. this thing's writing we'll just fire the writers nobody nobody in like a boardroom said hang on 
let's let's actually see what this can do. Let's not just jump to conclusions, you know, and start yeah. uh, mistreating the writers. And here we are. But I would hope there have been multiple Gundam questions by now logged. So, uh, listeners, let us know what you think as far as uh, what you've done with ChatGPT, and also you you, you got to write us some, some Gundam questions. Let us know what the answers are. Yeah, give it give it your most creative Gundam question and and uh, copy paste it back for us so we and we so we can read it on the next mailbag. We'll choose the funniest ones or maybe the worst ones and the best ones. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. It'll go by what type of result you got. You know, if if it's really funny, we'll talk about it. If it's just insane or fr- maybe error ridden, you know. <laughs> yeah, give us the worst one where you came back and it was just fully yeah, misinformation. <laughs> Optimus Gundam will have to fight the the Megazeon or something. <laughs> <laughs> My ears are bleeding just from thinking yeah. about, about that. <laughs> All right, Isaac, take us away in the most C-level work that you can schlock out for us. <laughs> like an AI, like a toddler Skynet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greetings, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the right medium. <laughs> Prepare for rest. Prior to that, hail antagonists. <laughs> hail Nexus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drink your legacy. (laughs) Good night, everybody.